Welcome back, y'all. This is a Sunday night episode of NBA Podcast. I have had a talk. Shit. Better. But this week we're talking basketball shit. I'm cutting you off. See, this is why it sucks when we're not with each other. Yes. You're right. The timing's off. It's my bad. Uh, I've had a bad... to say something really witty. What were you going to say? No, I just, I've had a bad sports weekend. Oh, not no. great. Oh, no. What Tough. happened? What happened? Um, Orlando is god awful. Which oh. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think we knew. Oh, did uh, Yeah, I think we I did. Think, I think we knew. I don't think you knew. No, no, no. No, no, no. See, I knew, but I wanted to pretend that they weren't. Um, oh, they are bad. Um, <laughs> Iowa lost. Uh, shot ourselves in the foot. Our offense in uh, Iowa football. We didn't score one touchdown. Uh, all of our point, our points came. Wait, our fucking punter threw a touchdown pass to one of our defensive tackles in a trick play. Oh my god! We had, we got two safeties. That's so. And we so fucking terrible. just we lost twenty four thirty stuck ass, and then the Packers just lost. So bad that. that was a rough one. That's bad sports weekends. One. Thank God the Brewers are not in the playoffs anymore because they couldn't break my heart too. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that's over. Um, and we can just get back to talking just basketball shit. Um, My sports fandom is just misery. You know, welcome to the club, buddy. I think you and I, you and I are in, and not even just you and I, but I think folks in the Midwest, life just sucks, man. Life just sucks when you're a Midwesterner. Like there aren't, name like, name a good, like substantially good team from the Midwest in any major sport. The Cardinals. Sure, sure. Consistently good. Sure. They're consistently good. Sure. They're boring. Boring. I would agree with that. I, I don't think that that's a team that, like, you know, is – It doesn't raise the needle. No. They're probably the one team. The Packers have been good for a really long time, even though they lost tonight. Like, they've been a really good team since Aaron Rod- – well, fuck, since but Brett Favre, basically. It's just – it's boring. Like, the Midwest teams, like, have no flair. Like, right. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree. And in the we know we had the Bulls in the nineties, but then that's that's been a, a downtrodden team since then. I mean some some peaks, but nothing nothing like that. Um Y'all had Eddie Curry, you know. Oh stop. <laughs> Don't get those are those are dark times. Eddie Curry, Eddie Robinson, Ron Mercer. Oof. Those oh, Ron Mercer. Oh buddy. There was some there was some Yikes. dark dark days. Dark Dude, days. Ron Mercer was a G at Kentucky. Yeah, just, just didn't transition. Translate it. Yeah, no. Apparently, he's doing really well for himself out of Nashville. He's got some businesses. Uh, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Zach Lowe and Chauncey Billups, and Chauncey's like, "Yeah, he's doing really good in business, and you know, he did what he did in his NBA career and made some money, invested it wisely, and now he's doing well." Just I like, thought it's. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of funny. I thought like you you said that, and I was like, "Did he like change his name to Darius Rucker?" I mean, Nashville <laughs> like changed his name to Darius Rucker. No, he's he's also Hootie. Little do we know that Ron Mercer is Hootie and Darius Rucker. Secret passion project for his entire life. Also, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Quality. Quality uh, music. Sure. Sure. I'll agree to disagree. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do Nikki's job here. I don't, you know what? I don't give that guy enough credit. Nikki, we miss you again this week. I know there's been some Dude, scheduling conflicts. With the stats and the background info. He does a good job. Also, it's the 67th episode, right? 67? Yep. So that's Taj Gibson, right? We're Taj oh, Gibson. Wow, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? I love he Taj. currently wears that number. Yeah. That, Taj is my guy, man. Taj was like just for – I will forever be a fan of his. 
you know, I like Taj Gibson. Um, I have shit on him a few times in his NBA career, like with my opinions. But having said that, Taj Gibson is a guy who puts his head down every night and he goes out and he plays hard. And uh, he does everything you ask him. He's not a great player. Not like no, but he's you know, a role player. Guys, guys, he's not going to go out and get you twenty and ten ever. He's a role player. He's a role player. You know, he'll get I'm you not, eight and nine. My sure. thing is, my thing is, is like so. Taj has had a lot of moments in his career, but like last year when Minnesota picked him up, the news media outlets just went crazy. It was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you fucking kidding me with this guy? Like, what are you doing? He's old. He doesn't make sense. That's a cat. All these different things. And he solidified their defense along with Jimmy Butler last yeah. year. And also like a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but like, like he saved their season last year. Like the last game of the season, they're playing Denver for the A seed. He yep. fucking strips Jamal Murray and saves the entire season for them yeah. winning that game because of him. So like Dude, he's, he's, he's a amazing. good player. I love I love him. Um that is he, a that, a guy like that is a guy you want on you want on your team always. Like exactly. you will I will take uh Taj Gibson any day of the week. Exactly. Exactly. Um so in any case Also, who would have thought that um Oh, you know what? Actually, never mind. I'm wrong. I was going to say, who would have thought that Taj Gibson would have outlasted uh, his USC teammate, uh, OJ Mayo, but he was there the year after. So, yeah. And also, like, yeah. OJ Mayo. He did play with DeMar Rosen, though. He did. He did. Um, yeah, I guess he did, didn't he? God. This is a long, rambly intro. Yeah, we're, we're off to a great start. It's uh, it's Halloween weekend, y'all. So, I got I prepared some AKAs. I hope you're ready. Are you ready for this? This is going to be great. I have none, so you got to bring the heat. You got it. Uh, in case you guys forgot, this is NBA, the podcast where we try to talk NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. I am your host, Jay Kilas, a.k.a. Carrie Skittles, a.k.a. Carmel oh. Apple Anthony, a.k.a. Oh. Peppermint Patty Mills, a.k.a. Carl Anthony Towns, also known as Kit Kat. <laughs> and digitally. Oh. oh. Digitally. Uh, dude, I will be honest with you. You brought the heat today. <laughs> I had to. That it's is good. I, am, I had to do it. I am uh, a little upset uh, that we are not in the same room together because <laughs> those those are good. I want to I want I like want to commend you in person, yeah. um, but I will just have to do it to you over Zoom here. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Have, but have those were those those were good. I uh, when you said Carrie Skittles. Um, I was, uh, I started racking my brain and I was like, maybe I'll do one. Uh, and I was trying to come up with something with like RJ Jefferson. There you go. I got nothing. Mm, that's all right. I was like well. thinking like moving on up. <laughs> that's, that's not good. That's you not know? Good. Uh, that's, that show, I, I used to watch the shit out of that show on Nick at night when I was a kid. Yeah. Also, I'm Tad for the <laughs> kid, down now. kid edition. Kid edition <laughs> um, let's get into basketball, Tad. Um, Something happened today, and this is the one case, and for the listeners who are listening to this, I'll be launching this immediately after we're done recording because, you know, this week got away from us. There was some scheduling mishaps, so we're a little late with this week's podcast, but silver lining, Tad, because fucking Ty Lue got fired today. I know. Like, <laughs> how lucky are we that he got fired today? I mean, yo, this is the shit that we can open up, and, like, honestly, the timing is for us, since we were slacking, Thank you, NBA gods. Thank you for giving us this gift of Ty Lue losing his job. The NBA, <laughs> like the drama in the NBA is the gift that keeps on giving. It is the well that will never run dry. I agree. I agree. Uh, um, so, Tad, Ty Lue, 
one year after, well, pardon me, uh, not even a full one month after LeBron leaving. Um, well, I guess if you count the summer, like maybe six months, but nonetheless, uh, first season without LeBron, sans LeBron, if you will. Um, and not even a full month into the season, they start off the season 0-6, and, and my man is out. What are your reactions? Well, number one, they owe, they still owe him $15 million. So like, and that's, not, that's, not an, that's not an insignificant amount of money to pay a coach. So, like, if you're going to fire a coach that you still owe $15 million to, like, you clearly really want rid of him. Um, so there's that. Uh, also, uh, I mean, he's a bad coach. I've never thought he was a good coach. He, like, this is more and more proof that they brought him in for LeBron and that LeBron ran that shit, basically, yep. in Cleveland. I I, I like I, I don't think I've never thought he was a good coach. You know what he's he's good at? He's good at standing on the sidelines making confused expressions. Yeah, and he's a he's a players guy. Like nobody nobody Yeah, guys wanna nobody's sure. shocked by him. Like, sure, guys like him, but like I mean there's no the X's and O's. There's nothing. Oh no, no. And that's the thing, it's just like he was a guy who LeBron's like, look, we need somebody who's gonna be able to speak to these guys. Like, I got everything else, but like we need somebody who's gonna be able to like get into JR and just like convince him like to get out of a funk or whatever the fuck he's doing at that time. So he served his purpose, but to your point, and I think to everyone's point, he's not a good basketball coach. He's just not a good basketball coach. He's not. I mean, you go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like, he got a shot. He got a shot. Like, he was in the right situation at the right fucking time. He's got one championship ring. Kudos to him. He'll never win another. No, no, he will not. Yeah. Um, unless it's uh, like, unless he gets like an assistant job with the the Warriors. Yeah. What's gonna be interesting to, to see is is what they do now because so Larry Drew is is allegedly gonna take over as the interim coach. However, Dude, I- he's basically telling them like unless you give me like extend my contract for the rest of the season and guarantee that you're not going to let me go too. Cause they let Damon Jones go too. They did. And it's like, okay, unless you guys are going to guarantee that I'm going to stick around for this whole season, I don't want to be here. Like I'll fill the gap, but y'all going to have to find a new coach, which, so I guess my question to you is, do you think it makes more sense to let Larry Drew just kind of take over the reins for the rest of the season? A guy who's been there for the entirety of that championship run um, and has earned the trust of a lot of these players, or is it early enough in the season where they can go out, find a new coach and fill that void? for like the next couple of seasons. Kevin Love, player coach. <laughs> Stop. We talked about this. Before. I, I know we did. I know. I know. I told you I was going to bring it up. I, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to dug around. Um, I, Corver. I trust him. He's, he's, he's almost 40. That's true. That's true. I knew one of his brothers. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Big connection to the quarter family. That. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's this weird thing where the Cavaliers are almost certainly going to like recycle um an on like a failed NBA co- like a failed NBA coach because like that's the biggest gripe I have in in professional sports is that like guys get recycled nonstop well, who's it's even like, out there there's i mean there's th- that's the thing find a young and hungry assistant like do something different like if it bites you in the ass like okay well we're fucking Cleveland. It sucks here anyway. So like, you know, um, sorry to anybody in Cleveland. I actually, I actually really like Cleveland. My cousin lives there and I, I visit him like twice a year and uh, I always have a good time. So I wonder um, if there would be like an opportunity. Cause like granted the, the seasons are already starting. So to, to interrupt the flow of things to interview somebody who's already on a bench elsewhere, 
it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. That's why I like the layer Drew thing makes sense because to your point, it's either you're hiring somebody off the street who maybe isn't actively looking for a job, right. but is out there versus like letting the season play itself out. You know, you're going to suck anyways. Like we were 100% wrong on our prediction of this team fucking sucks. I don't know why we didn't think oh, they are so bad. so bad. I, you know, like, I, I don't know what it is. I just like, I, I like, I, I think it was that I wanted them to take the leap so badly. Like I wanted them to be successful that I went from wanting them to be successful into uh, deluding myself into thinking that they would be. I mean, Kelly laughed at me. <laughs> he did. When I said that, when I, I, I asked him, I asked him if they would make the playoffs, and instead of responding, he just laughed. I mean, they are, currently they are 24th in points per game, 21st in rebounds, 26th in assists, 23rd in offensive points per game. Um, they 23rd, pardon me. Um, they are so terrible, just so so terrible. Kevin Love has been hurt. He's he recently had an injury, but like that, it was a team last year that without LeBron, honestly, it makes me like the Lakers even more, seeing how bad the fucking Cavs are without him. I mean, Kevin Love's putting up points. He's, you know, 19 and 19, 13 and a half, basically. Uh, but it's just, it's just bad. It's really, really bad. It is. They're, yeah. Like they're, I'm looking at some of their deeper stats here and uh, let's see what we got here. Their defense rating is terrible. Defensive, the defensive rating is bottom of the barrel. It's um, so bad. Offensive efficiency is fucking super, super down. Uh oh god yeah they're I mean as a team they're just bad they're so bad do you, do you so, think so do you think do you think Ty Lue wanted out like he knew if they fired him he'd still get his fifteen million and he also looked and was like oh shit LeBron's not coming back like and so he was just like fuck it like I'm not gonna do shit like just fire me <laughs> yeah probably I mean yeah. I would have hired him fifteen million yeah. I was just like dude fuck it like I don't I, I don't like these guys. Bucks. I don't like these guys. I don't want to be here anymore. I basically got railroaded by fucking LeBron for the last five years, four years. Like I'm done. Like it's just, it's just really, really bad. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, in any case, on to um, other relevant pieces of note here, um, and really just like um, opportunities for me to, to get on my high horse. Uh, Trey Young scores 35 points goes out for 11 assists on 13 of 23 shooting six of 14 from three-point range is the first rookie since a one steph curry to drop at least 35 points and have 10 assists in a game he's one of four people to ever do that in the history of the nba in their rookie season um tad is it time is it time to just hand him the rookie of the year uh no i think it's time no uh i luke is better I mean, Luke is better. Hmm. Um, Luke is better. I don't know. I don't know, man. He's real. I mean, so, no, in all seriousness, like, Trey's had a very up and down season, but you and I talked about this. Uh, I think that he has a real chance to put up some monstrous numbers. Just absolutely, just. Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I've said as much on this podcast. I just, I just think that there's a lot of potential for, for him to, to put up some really big numbers. I'm just pulling up his numbers right now as, as I'm stalling. But, you know, he is, he is on a team that n- nobody expects anything from. And like I said, if they can win like 22, 25 games, that's a huge bump from what people expect of them. He's currently sitting at 19.8, 6.8 assists per game. That leads rookies in both categories. Um He's yeah, he's just he's leading the rookies in 
uh, three-point shooting, in three-point percentage, in points, in assists. Um, it's very early on in the season, but as I mentioned before, I genuinely think that he has a real chance to keep this level of production up. He's good. The entirety of the season. He's also lucky that uh, the rookie of the year is not decided by who can reach the highest. Um, <laughs> Fair. But Fair. he's good. He's good. He's going to make he's a joke good. about his short little tiny arms. Um, he is, he's good. He looks really good. I, I'm, I'm honestly impressed. Um, I think he – I think Trey Young kind of suffers from this weird thing, like where he got a lot of love from the national media and like ESPN loved him when he was in college, right? Like – and then, like, naturally when a guy gets big like that, all the detractors want to come out from the woodwork, right, and say, well, here's why he can't be successful. And so you kind of have, like, these two pieces of, like, this narrative and, like, people kind of buy into that. And I think, like, a lot of people, myself included, um, just really bought into the, ah, he's, not, he's too slow, he's not quick enough, um, you know. And, and people don't realize that, like, yeah, he turned the ball over a lot, and yeah, he took 30 fucking footers all the time. You know why? Because that, Oklahoma, that Oklahoma team was terrible. Yeah. They were so fucking bad without him. Like, he was every semblance of their offense. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people just didn't expect this game to translate to the NBA the way that it has, and it's honestly incredible. Uh, yeah. He is good. He is legitimately good. I am with you um, now. I'm on your side. Uh, that I think I think he's got a real legitimate chance to win Rookie of the Year. And to your point that you have you said just a moment ago that you said on this podcast before, he has the opportunity. He's going to have the chance to put up big numbers. He yeah. is going to have the chance uh, to, you know, he's going to get his shots. He's, he's, he's running a team that has no – like they don't have anybody, right? Like – um. Yeah. I like. I'm all. I'm all aboard. I still think Luca's better. I. I still think Luca, when it's all said and done, will have the better career. Um. But yeah. I mean, we're six games in. Seven yeah. games in. And, like, and I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm fully in on the. On the. On the. On the. Uh. Uh. The Trey Young thing. I'm. Yeah. I'm here for. You, it. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the episode of uh, the Bill Simmons podcast with Quavo, but uh, Quavo and the Migos gave him the nickname Ice Trey, which is pretty fucking great. <laughs> They have donned him ice tray, the fourth Migos brother. Um, but no, I like that. In all seriousness, I'm in, though, a, I'm in on that. No, that's a dope ass nickname. Ice tray is a great nickname. It, <laughs> like, it really is. I, I, I for the Migos, like to get the to get that that endorsement is, you know, if we're talking like political campaigns, that's huge. That's it's, that it's big time. I mean, especially especially in Atlanta, that's a big fucking that's deal. That's, yeah. Like people, that's like, and here's the one thing, like and this is not to say that Quavo is an NBA expert or anything like that, but he, he did make a good point in the podcast where he was like, they couldn't draft Luca. This is a predominantly black city where football is King and it's hard enough to get people to go to Hawks games. You are not going to get people to go to Hawks games to see some fucking Serbian kid whose name nobody can pronounce, who speaks a language, but not really that great. Who's not relatable and who we haven't seen until just now. Like you're right. We have had the fortune to see Trey Young play in college and get excited about him. So while he may not have been the best pick, he was the best pick for Atlanta. You're right. I, I actually really love that take. Like that um makes a ton of sense. Actually, yeah. that's a that's a very good way to put that. Um dude, I'm in. I'm here for it. Um 
I really did not want Orlando. See, it's funny because when we recorded on draft night, I didn't want Orlando to draft him. And then I did want Orlando to draft him. And then he got drafted. And I was like in this weird place where it was like, ah, like I, I, I don't know if I wanted him or I didn't. Right. And now I'm like, fuck, I, I kind of want, I mean, Mo Bamba's look good. I'm, I'm big. I'm, I'm all in on Mo Bamba. Um, but Trey Young looks like the real fucking deal. Um, I agree. He's like Steph Curry light. It's like poor man Steph Curry. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we'll probably, I mean, I mean, I, and when I say probably, I, I can pretty confidently say we'll never be as good as Steph Curry, but I mean, Steph Curry is a once in a generation guy. I yeah. mean, like, I don't so, think anybody expects that of him. No, I don't either. Um, he's certainly better than Buddy Heald, who, uh, <laughs> substantially, you know, yeah, substantially. Or, you know, uh, what's his name? The King's owner. Um, why can't I think of his name? Oh, oh my God. I, I know. know. Like, I, Indian, I, I just want to say Vlade. No. But like Vlade is the GM, obviously. But he, anyway, he Vivek, right? Vivek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vivek, yeah. Um, he, yes. What's his first name? I can't. I don't. God damn it! I think this is bad. I'm, is Vivek. Vivek something. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. See, I think his first name bad. is Vivek. See, the Kings um, are such an afterthought. I don't even know who fucking owns their team. But uh, I had a point that I was. Oh yeah, he thought that Buddy Heald was like the second coming. Uh, oh, yeah, he told him he's like, we're gonna get you. We're we're, we're gonna get. We're gonna come. Buddy Heald's a nice we're player too. Buddy Buddy sure. Heald's a guy. Yeah, he's a good I'm six like, man. Uh, Trey Young is better, and uh, that's far. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trey Young. Trey Young's game also translates very well to the the current way that the NBA is played. It I does. Think. It does. And and the other thing too is just like like I said, like he he's just in a he's in a unique situation. And honestly, the thing that's the most surprising to me thus far is like his player efficiency. Like he's he's just behind DeAndre Ayton, which I still I still stand by the fact that like DeAndre Ayton is the best player in this draft. Like it's it seems like a no brainer thus far. Like he's just he's just that much better than everybody. Um, yeah, I mean the the, the talent the talent else. level is is it's 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 not a huge gap, but it's also significant if that makes right. any sense. Right. No, I completely agree. Um, moving on to uh, other noteworthy performances from this week, um, I think Blake Griffin might have seen my tweet because he, <laughs> <laughs> I, I called him out for being old and having lost a lot of athleticism now granted he only scored seven points and that was six rebounds he didn't look great however prior to tonight's game he had opened up the season with a 26 and 8 a 33 and 12 and what i want to talk about is his 50.14 rebound six assist game that he had against philadelphia uh, and they won by one point. He shot 57% from the field for a while there for the, through the first four games of the season. Um, he was averaging like 39 points a game. And I believe if I saw this correctly, he was shooting like 63% from three point range, like something ridiculous like that. Um, that being said, like is point Blake back. I mean, he's, he's right now, he is shooting 50, 56% from three. He's shooting 50% from the field, which is surprising that his three-point range is better. He has actually – I've seen a couple of games of his, especially when he played against the Bulls. Like, he has been able to really step back and hit the three at a pretty consistent rate. And I remember last year when he came back from his injury with the Clippers, like, it was it was a noticeable addition to his game where he was able yes. to step out and, and, hit, the, hit, and hit those shots. Uh, and it seems like it's continued over to this season. Um, so – what say you, uh, Tad? Is, is is Blake Griffin still a superstar in this league? Yes, and I said it when we talked about this last time. I said it when you fucking, like, we're going at him for getting denied at the rim. Dude, sometimes guys get denied at the rim. It happens. 
Yeah, he looks great, man. I, People, I, I've, I I've been denied. Goes. I've been denied at the rim. And by that, I mean I've been denied because I cannot jump high enough. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever put seen the ball you anywhere near the rim. Like, test the test uh, net for that matter. I can test the net. Okay, sure. If you say so. I've never seen it. So I can't. I can do it. I'll show you sometime. Okay, yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, no, um, in all seriousness, though, like I was, I was astounded by by the output. He's always been that type of player who's just like, I mean, right now he's sitting at eighth um, overall in scoring in, in in the NBA. He is he's healthy, dude. He's healthy, and it's his first healthy offseason in quite some time. Um, and this team is interesting. Like, I don't know how long it's going to be able to last as well. Just like having him run point all the time. Like, it seems like it's boom or bust with with Blake. And if he has a good game, they have a good game, but they're going to kind of go with him, um, which is good for him. I think it's going to, at this rate, he's definitely going to be an all-star in the East, Eastern Conference this year. Like, there's just, there's nobody else that really should be in his way uh, for that matter. I agree. I agree. And he, I mean, like, yeah. here's the thing. The biggest knock on him is that fucking albatross of a contract that he has, but like, the value of his contract, like these next couple of years, is not that bad. He's still good. He's still a superstar in the NBA. Uh, he does. All, he gives you a lot. And I am far from ready to write him off yet. I am very sad that he is languishing in Detroit. Um, I'm happy to see that he's taken the reins of that team, though. He has clearly uh, stepped up and like clearly like wants to like wants to win like wants to be a leader um i think sometimes guys get you know they get sent to shitty situations like you gotta go live in uh, the post-apocalyptic world that we call detroit and uh they don't want to play like they don't you know they kind of lose it because they're like this sucks um and instead of doing that like he's responded in the complete opposite way um his game i you know what like i i, I honestly think it's helping him that he's lost a little bit of the athleticism because his game looks smoother. If like, I agree. Like, I don't know if that's the right way, to, the right word to use, but like, no, but I know what you mean. Like, it, it forces him to like not overcompensate with his athleticism. Exactly. And focus on other aspects of his game. I like, he's always been a a plus ball handler, but now he's able to step out and and shoot at a pretty consistent click, considering that his athleticism is. And that's the one thing you fear for with guys like him, where it's just like, is this guy going to like just flame out hard? When, right when his athleticism dies or is he going to adapt and it seems like thus far he has adapted to the new nba to some extent yeah i, I completely agree i i think it's yeah i think that's like that's the concern it's like um i mean to to give you like a you know similar kind of thing you know his teammate in detroit uh andre drummond like i don't i don't foresee when andre drummond starts to lose the athleticism i don't foresee like you know his career like I don't see him prolonging his career. He doesn't, he, he doesn't do anything or give you anything other than uh, he's just stupid athletic, you know? Right. So I, I do think, I think there's a lot of guys who like have the talent and the athleticism and that kind of thing, but like they don't know how to like expand their game. You know, like it was, it's like the one thing like Dwayne Wade, I love Dwayne Wade. If Dwayne Wade could have learned to shoot a fucking three pointer. Oh, he'd still be dominant. Like really, really dominating today. Yeah. Like he would be, I, I think we would if, – if if Dwayne Wade learned how to shoot a three-pointer, I think we'd hold him in a higher regard than Kobe. Yeah. So on the topic of the Pistons, so I, I did want to position something to you because, like, the Pistons have actually gotten up to a really good start this season. So just, like, looking at the, looking at the standings right now – Dude, Dwayne uh, Casey is a, is a real deal. I, I did not – I, I kind of – I used to – I hated on him several years ago, um, and I have realized my mistake. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like he did the same, like he's doing the same thing that he did in Toronto. Like he came exactly. to Toronto and he was just like, okay, I'm gonna clean this shit up. And he cleaned it up. And like right now, Change Detroit's, Detroit's four and one. Um, they're averaging 110 points per game. Like their three point percentage is probably below average in comparison to a lot of the other teams in the NBA. But, but they look good. yeah, they do look good overall. So I wanted to bring this up to you. So there's five teams that come to mind of like really getting off to a hot start. Um, two of which are undefeated. But I want to see of these five. Can you rank them in order? Maybe we could do this together. But like these teams in order of like the most legit based on their hot start versus the least legit um, for their hot start. So I'm going to name off the teams and we're just going to, I want, I want to hear your ranking. We'll go one for one, two for two, three for three. And then we'll just see how comparable ours are. Um, But I have the Bucks, the Raptors, the Pistons, the Pelicans, the Nuggets. So who is your most legit team out of those five? Uh, that would be your Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. Okay, I actually have the Dude, Raptors. I'm high, I'm high on them. You when you and we you and me had them flip flopped in playoff seating. That's true. That's um, true. Yeah, I am. I am high. I'm. I'm high on the Bucks. I'm high on Coach Bud. Love him. At this rate, um, like, I'm not even gonna lie. At this rate, I I actually think that they're gonna finish higher than the Sixers, but we'll, we'll talk about them in a minute. But I actually think at this rate, like I really like what Bud's doing. It's like the offense is open. They're still doing the point Giannis thing, but like he's got shooters around him. Your boy, Brooke Lopez is doing his thing and shooting incredibly effectively. Like, it's just, they're stretching the floor around him. And it's really yeah. just like, well, yeah, we knew that was going to happen, but like, it just, I really like what they've done with that team. And like, that's the thing is like, Bud is, Bud is a modern NBA coach. Like he runs a modern NBA offense and, and Jason Kidd was just, so stubborn that he wouldn't change the style and they were just clogging up the lanes. Like when's the last time you saw John Henson play a minute? Like, I can't remember seeing John Henson play this season. He's no. just, he's got, they've gotten rid of the the pieces that have clogged up the offense and they have made them a very, very real contender. I mean, right now, first in rebounding, fifth in scoring, fifth in assists, fourth in offensive points per game. Um, looking at some of the advanced stats here. I mean, they are just, ooh, this is not the greatest view here, but like team stats, like, I'm just looking to see where they are in credit of everything. Like second in blocks per game, like top five in assists per game, top five in scoring per game. Um, you know, I mean, three points made is not really the thing. Three point percentage is not really the thing, but they they are substantially, they substantially better this year. In those categories, though, like they're not where you'd like ideally like them to right. be, certainly, but like they're getting there. Uh, watching their ball movement is like watching porn. It's great. Oh, wow. uh, I really enjoy it. I meant to say watching basketball porn. Yeah. Um, sorry. So yeah. Just, and for, I, what it, for whatever it's worth, they have the highest plus minus in the league right now. I actually did not know that. That is actually a really interesting statistic. Yeah. Uh, just but just move, above the Warriors. They move the ball well. Um, but what I think uh, has probably impressed me the most, um, and it's something I think kind of like gets lost on people sometimes is uh, if you watch their games and you watch the, the way they run their defensive rotations and their defensive schemes, uh, nobody's ever out of place. Um, like it's I, the, they're good. I mean, they, that, that is a complete team and I am, I'm fully in on the books. Um, I, I think they probably, I think they probably have the best chance to unseat the Celtics. Yeah, and the best thing about them, honestly, is like what made them like the team that was kind of the darling of the Eastern Conference a couple of years ago was their defense, and then they kind of lost their way. They're currently second behind the Boston Celtics for overall defensive rating, um, and, and like just absolutely dominating in defensive rebounding. You know, top ten in that um, effective field goal percentage. They're top five in that. I mean, in, in terms of pace, and this is the one thing that shocked me. Like number six overall in pace of play right now, which 
is so much different than the offense that they were running with Jason Kidd, where it was just kind of like it was a slower paced yeah. offense and they kind of ran. Yeah, yeah very much so. Um, so they're, they're, again, you just you take a modern NBA coach, you put a modern NBA offense in play, and you take one of the top five players in the NBA, and these are the results, man. It's it's been really fun to see, and and they're they're really, I mean, their net rating overall, they're number one in net rating by a large amount to, to start the season. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, got a good mix of uh, just like athleticism and actual true basketball skill on that team. Uh, they like to run. Um, they're unselfish. Um, yeah. They're they always look for the extra pass. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I the there is uh, the sky's the limit. Actually, that's not true. Uh, the Warriors are the limit for that team. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, um, so you have the Bucks. They're actually my number two. My number one is the Raptors. I think the Raptors, for the longevity of the season, they still do have the star power. And the one guy on that team that we thought, eh, can he can he do it? Can he really do it? Can he keep it up? Is Kyle Lowry, and like he's doing his thing, man. He's off to a really good start this season. Uh, he's averaging nineteen point eight points per game. Um, trying to pull up. Yeah, I mean, like the the guy is doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's shooting over fifty percent from three point range. Um, you know, he's right now he's looking at like that. Fuck, he's almost at sixty percent from the field. I mean, he is doing what he's supposed to be doing for that team to like really kind of be the 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 the, the tempo setter for that Toronto offense. And like they have they have a really deep bench. Like they had a really deep bench last year and they still have that very deep bench, which is one of the things that Milwaukee lacks is, is the true depth. Like they have, and Kawhi has already started the season at like 27 points a game, uh, you know, coming in at like what, I think five assists, seven rebounds a game or eight rebounds a game, three assists. Like he, he has come in, he's shooting effectively. He's defending like he was in San Antonio. And he seems like a man who's on a mission to prove a point. That like, yo, I am the fucking, I'm the fucking man. Like I'm the motherfucking dude. Um, and that's, I have to have them as my number one because of the five teams that are here. They, to me, came in with the highest level of expectations, assuming that Kawhi could do his thing. And thus far he has. Yeah. I, uh, Kawhi looks better. Oh he yeah. He looks better than he did uh, pre-injury. Yeah. I mean, third um, in, third in net rating uh, right now they're top 10 in defensive rating. Um offensively where are we at top five in offensive rating um yeah i mean their pace is where are we at here in pace probably should have prepared this a little bit more but nonetheless like i I just see them as the team that really it really just stands the chance to be to to be at the top honestly in the eastern conferences here i think you know if Kawhi is Kawhi, he's the best player of the Eastern Conference. I mean, if he's, if he's back to, like, that Kawhi, he's, he's the best player that, that is in the Eastern Conference, although Giannis has been on a whole other level this year. But. Dude, Giannis, Giannis is good. Um, I was, I was going to say that, actually. I was going to bring Giannis up. Uh, Kawhi uh, can shoot the three, though. You know, Kawhi can kill you in multiple right. ways. Right. Uh, Giannis has taken more of them, and he looks much more confident shooting them. Not there yet. Yeah, uh, and I would say he's been good, not great this season. Like, if I think he has, he's been putting up, like, regular level Giannis numbers like the way he opened up last season in comparison to this season is like still great um but I don't think he's even really hit his stride yet which which no, is which agree. makes them really scary yeah uh he's good I mean Chris Middleton is good too um yeah who's your who's your number two um or, I'm sorry I said Chris Middleton I was I like I like just I switched my mind like we we're talking Giannis, we're talking uh, Kawhi. I was, I was, I said Chris Middleton, but I was, I was thinking about, um, oh my gosh, Kyle Lowry. 
because oh. um, I was like going to switch gears back to Kawhi, and I said Chris Middleton, and I'm like, yeah, Chris Middleton, who plays for the Bucks and not yeah, the Raptors. It made a lot of sense uh, at first. I was like, okay, yeah, I hear what he's saying. This makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think I, my number two is the Raptors. Um, yeah, and it's 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 close, and it's it's close because like the they're like this is where I was going with the Kyle Lowry thing is like Giannis and Kawhi are very similar players. Um, and they're like, they're definitely like the de facto guys on their team. Right. But they also have like guys like the Chris Middleton and the Kyle Lowry who like kind of helped them go. And so the, like, it's kind of like a one, a one B situation for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but like, uh, they're like, they're both so good. Um, but I, I, I take the bucks a little more, um, sorry to insult your alma mater, but, and, and I don't, I'm not insulting your alma mater, but I'm just saying I like bud more than I like Nick nurse. Yeah, of course. That's just only because Nick nurse is still kind of an unproven commodity. Yeah. What bud did in, in Atlanta, Absolutely. Um, but Absolutely. I, the Raptors are, the Raptors are good. They're very good. Kawhi looks better, uh, than he did, you know, pre-injury. Um, like he looks better than he did in San Antonio. Uh, like, right. He's shooting with confidence. Uh, he's attacking the rim like he's playing good defense. Um, I mean, they're, they're just – they're interchangeable. Um, and I also, like – I honestly have a hard time ranking the two of them above my three, which is the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Okay. So we've got the Denver Nuggets at number three, which honestly hmm, – I agree. I agree. I think the Nuggets are for real. I think they just lost their first game. They have been shockingly good on defense, which is the one thing that coming into the season people were saying, like, mm, they could just figure it on the defensive and they've really got something there. The one thing that I think is going to hurt them is I don't know the severity of this Will Barton injury. Yeah, I know. That's a little concerning because, like, they've been, they've, been, they've been doing it kind of without him. Right. Um, but he's a key piece. I mean, yeah, he averages, like, 16 a game. He's right. a quality – good player um but here's the thing this is like and this is like kind of the same thing like with toronto and and uh, milwaukee is they're unselfish uh they play good team basketball yeah um they have guys that clearly like want to be there jamal murray is the real fucking deal Jokic is obviously really fucking Yo, what good. a fucking amazing start to the season he's had yeah they're i mean they're they're good and they like they play this like I don't know how to describe it, but like the way that they play, um, it, it's like it, like they they don't have like a, a go to guy. Like I don't think that Jokic like is really like a go to guy. I don't think that Jamal Murray is like necessarily a like he's a great player, but like he's not like, like that guy who is like yes, like, like you know Chris. Like I I want the ball in Chris Paul's hands. I want the ball in LeBron's right. hands ball in Kobe's hands but they also have this like collective of all of these good players who it's like dude it doesn't matter who takes the last shot because everybody can hit it right um and yeah like sometimes not having like that one person can can certainly like kind of hurt you a little bit but like they're fun to watch and they're really good yeah. and they've got a lot of young good talent uh Isaiah Thomas is playing well like it's exciting yeah, no, I agree, man. Like, I, I think that they're another team that has a lot of depth. They're a team where, you know, they kind of are like, they're, they remind me of, of and I hate, I hate doing this because I feel like every time there's like a ragtag group of, of guys who don't have like a top 10 star, we compare them to the 2004 Detroit Pistons because they didn't have a right, a yes. star. And blah, it's the blah, lazy blah. comparison, yes. Right, but there is this, there is this level of like, there's not one guy, to your point, like there's not one guy on the team where you're like, yo, this is, 
this is the fucking dude that steers the ship. That being said, like let's let's not forget that uh, Nikola Jokic had a quadruple double or pardon me, a double double or triple double. Fuck me. Come on, man. Yeah, you got thirty five, eleven, and eleven with a plus minus of twenty nine, four steals and a block. Um, Shot. shot 100% from three, 100% from the field, and uh, 90.9% from the free throw line. Um, now, I was against Phoenix, but nonetheless, I mean, my man is 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 leading the charge. And th- like I said, the thing that I'm most surprised of with them is how good they've been on defense. I mean, right now they they have the third overall defensive rating. Yep. All the I was NBA. literally just looking at that. I was like, yeah. I know they're top five, but I don't know where they're at. Yeah. It's, it's striking. Like it really is. It's, it's really surprising to see what they've been able to do on that end of the court. Um, which was the one thing that most people thought like, uh, that's, that's going to be their biggest downfall. And that's going to ter- determine if they're a number three seed or a number seven seed. And, you know, so far they've gotten off to a really good start, but like I said, I just, I have some concerns about if they can maintain that, um, you know, for the, for the duration of the season, especially with an injury to Will Barton, who, who's off to a really, really, really good start. Yeah. I also, um, I, I, Mike Malone, I'm a huge Mike Malone guy. I love him. Um, and so I am, part of the reason I'm also fully on board, like part of the reason that like, if you look at these teams that like every one of these teams that we are talking about right now, great coaching, like every single one of them, uh, Mike Malone is a great coach. Um, Like they, they by all accounts should have made the playoffs last season. I mean, the nuggets should have. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely. all, like all the, the like they're they're well coached and well, so even last year they were ahead of schedule like people thought they were going to be good but not that good right they were supposed to be a year away from being a year away and then it turns out like oh shit like they're actually on the precipice right. of this right now um and it's impressive and like he's a good coach um his players like him you know he's the only guy who's ever gotten through to, to fucking boogie so i mean that should tell you what kind of coach he is but like he also like he implements his system and they run it and uh yeah, I mean they they have a lot of depth. I don't think they're a championship contender. No, but they're pretty fucking good. Yeah. And no, I agree. Like, I, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, which is cool because I think like you know prior to the last couple of years, it's you know kind of been tough sledding. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, who's who's your number three? So I, I mean, part of me, your number four. So I think right now the only discrepancy between the two of us is you and I have the Bucks and Raptors swapped, but. I completely agree. I've got the Nuggets at three. I'm actually going to go ahead and take the lead here. I, I've got the Pelicans at four. They they came so out. They've, they've really shocked me. I think we probably both agree on the last two, but the Pelicans I think are legit. Um, I'm sh- I'm just I I'm still flabbergasted by that team working. Like they continue to keep the pace of play um, at, at you know the highest level in, in in the NBA, and that's something that they set out to do last year. They led the league in pace last year. You know, as as it stands right now, just pulling up the pace numbers, I think they're like top ten uh, in pace right now, and you know, scoring on all cylinders. Yeah, number four right now actually in pace. Um, they are, let's see here, number two in offensive rating. They are number. Ooh, we're going down the list on this one. Uh, oh, twenty one in defense. Okay, well that's going to be their downfall. Um, but in all seriousness, yeah, they're they're not a good defensive team. No. But here's the thing, they they'll run you out of the gym. It doesn't right. matter. Well, and I'm they'll like, run you to death. I am shocked by the production from Nico Miritich. You hear this thing about uh, Drew Holiday basically offered to buy him a bottle of wine for every game he scores thirty points this season. 
No, I did not see that. That's yeah, great. So apparently, I, I, read, I was reading about this, and there's they were like, yeah, Drew Holiday has basically offered Nico Miritich a bottle of wine every time he scores thirty points, and he opened the season with a thirty-four and a, or a thirty and a thirty-four, and continues just on a tear, just like on an absolute tear to open the season, and has arguably been like the number two in New Orleans. With I don't know anybody who saw that coming. No, um, dude. I mean, I had friends who had Miritich Bulls jerseys. And I was like, what a fucking waste of money. <laughs> I used to rip the guy I used to rip the guy to shreds and, and when he was in Chicago. And you it know was what? hard not to. It was hard not to. It's because fucking Fred Hoiberg is a shit coach. And uh, I I blame it on Tibbs before I blame it on on, on Hoiberg. But uh here's the one big, thing though. I'm not like, a big Tibbs guy. I don't worship at the at the church of Tibbs like a lot I of I get it. Here's here's my Chicago here's thing. the other thing though, is the one thing that drove me nuts when he was here that he doesn't seem to be doing now in in uh, in New Orleans is he stops he stopped pump faking. He's not pump faking anymore. He's just yeah, doing his thing. That was like his fucking just jam. Holy shit, that was his fucking jam when he was here. Uh, dude, yes, it like, drove me nuts. The pump fake machine. It drove me like when I watched him in the Olympics and he was like really getting after, I'm like, okay, this season Nico's going to go off. Cause he got rid of that pump fake thing. Cause he wasn't doing it with the Spanish team. And then as soon as he got back here, tight butthole and just like pump fake, pump fake, pump, like he missed up. He, he like missed so many shots and not only missed shots, but like passed up so many shots because of his hesitancy in Chicago. I genuinely think that Tiz got in his head in a way that like really fucked with him. And I think that the, the situation here made him feel I don't like to use these terms because it's 2018 and everything's a fucking safe zone and, and safe space. But like, I don't think this was a safe space for him. I don't think he felt wanted here. I don't think he felt secure in Chicago. Like that last contract was basically like a, you got nowhere else to go contract. So come on back. And then fucking in, 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 uh, in camp, he gets punched in the face by Bobby Portis and they break his orbital bone. Like, I don't think he genuinely felt like this is a place for me to do my thing. Like they, I don't think they want me here. And as soon as we traded him and he goes to a place that they, you know, supposedly wanted him, he goes and he just fucking goes off and helps them go on a very long um, and, and substantial playoff run. They utilize him better there. I completely he, agree. They, in Chicago, they, they gave him this like kind of like floater role. Like he, he like kind of just floated a lot. Like he, he wasn't active. He didn't move a ton. Uh, I can think of a lot of times where I went to Bulls games uh, and just watched him stand in the corner. Um, and, like, now, like, they set screens for him. They run plays for him. They put the ball in his hands. Like, they they give him these opportunities. And, like, dude, he's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the thing crazy. is, here's, here's what kills me is, like, I, I, I just keep expecting it to end. Right. Like, I keep, you know, like every, there, there are those guys who, for whatever reason, 40 game stretch, they're the fucking man, but you're like, it's going to come crashing back down to earth. And I keep waiting and I keep waiting for it to happen. And it's not happening. No, like, I agree, man. Like that, that team has been a huge um, shocker to me coming out this season. And here's what I will say, just as a caveat, it's much easier to play with Anthony Davis than it is with anybody who was on the bulls. So just putting that out there. I, I completely agree. I mean, well, you know, and like, especially like with the pace thing. I mean, when you've got basically a a shooting guard in right. a fucking center's body, it's crazy. Um, I mean, 
I know we already talked about the Pistons, so I think we both have them slotted at five. On the other side of this equation, um, I did want to talk about these five teams who have not gotten off to a great start. Uh, and I wanted to rank them from the team that you are least concerned about to the team that you are most concerned about. Um, so, of course, we have Houston, Philly, Los Angeles, Minnesota, and OKC. So of those five teams, Houston, Philly, L.A., Minnesota, OKC, um, which of the five are you least concerned about? This is hard because, like, I'm concerned about these teams for different reasons. I completely agree. I agree uh, with that sentiment. Having said that, I'm least concerned about Houston. That, that I, I resonate with that. I completely agree. Um, I mean, Chris Paul's great. James Harden's great. Yeah, you know, like, losing Ariza um, and uh, – uh, Mba Mate like really hurts them. Yeah. Um, they don't have like the length they did. Like they don't they don't guard the same way that they did. Uh, Carmelo is kind of a net negative at this point. Um, yeah. Having said that, having said that, um, yeah. I mean, I, I still I still expect a a Chris Paul and James Harden team to to turn it around. Yeah. Uh, I don't. They're they're not going to be anywhere near as good as they were last season, but they are. I mean, they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, they'll figure it out. Um, you know, like, man, and the thing is, too, like, I, I really think that, that D'Antoni will, will figure it out. And the funny thing is, is, like, probably five or six years ago, people were, like, writing the book on D'Antoni, right? Like, people were like, yeah, he's done. Like, you right. know, he did his thing. He can't uh, – he doesn't change. You know, he doesn't coach defense, blah, blah, whatever, you know. Um, and he has done a good job of, like, modifying his philosophy and his style. And, like, yeah, they still run up-tempo and they still do things, but, like, they also beat the ball into the deck sometimes and run half-court offense and, like, are pretty fucking good at it. So right. uh, I think I like I, I trust Mike D'Antoni to figure it out, and I trust James Harden and Chris Paul. As much as I hate James Harden, he's obviously a fucking great player. Like, I trust them to figure it out. They also don't, like, you know, a few of them don't look like they're in shape and they, they're probably, you know, getting back into game shape and playing the games. And so we give them a month and they'll be fine. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think they're the team that I'm the least worried about. Although I did read something the other day. I think it was on Reddit or something. This to me feels like the season where Chris Paul and like where James Harden drives Chris Paul crazy. Like this to me feels like season two. Last season was the honeymoon. This season we're off to a rough start. The defense doesn't look as the defense doesn't look as good. You know, James Harden is doing James Harden shit, but also like seems to have taken a step back on defense. Uh, Chris Paul is missing a couple games because of Spitgate. Um, you know, they lost a lot of the guys on the perimeter that were really helping them anchor that defense. Um, well, I never thought I'd ever say this, but I, they need Brian, Brandon Knight to come back. Like, they, they really yeah. need him. It's crazy yeah. to me. It's just, it makes no fucking sense. But with that being said, like, I just, I, I, I do believe in them at the end of the season, I do, however, think that this is not going to be a great rap, uh, rocket season. And I think no. that like we may see them finish like third in the Western conference this year um, because there are some other teams and we talked about that during, you know, our Western conference predictions. Like there are some other teams out there that I, I think are, are hitting their strides at the right time, namely like Denver and new Orleans and Utah and like I said, I just I have this feeling that like there's gonna be some shit that comes down between fucking uh, between uh, James Harden and Chris Paul, and like we'll talk about this part in a second. But like there's gonna there could potentially be a shakeup with that roster very soon that either makes or breaks their season. So uh, in any case, I agree with them at number one. Who do who do you have as your number two? 
I also wanted to say this real quick uh, regarding the Rockets. Um, while I am not that concerned about them, I firmly their championship window is closed. I don't. I, agree. Um, I don't think they're they're not a legitimate contender. It's just that like uh, I still think they'll win like fifty games and right. like, you know make the playoffs. Um, yep, I agree. But I just wanted to put that out there. Um, so um, I had a whole thought, and then. Um, Oh, uh, so my my second least concerning team, and I think uh, this it's kind of for different reasons than like what you would think. Um, but I'm going to say the Lakers um, are who I'm interesting. Yes, and let me tell you why. I don't think there's a ton. They're they're like we we nobody had any real expectations for them. Like nobody, like everybody was like I you know they might be good. Are they good? Like, is LeBron good enough to, like, you know, assemble mud and, uh, you know, make them make them good? Is, is LeBron, like, you know, planning his post-basketball life? Is he still that invested in playing the game? Um, so I'm not concerned about them, like, because I think they, they have some stuff to figure out and they, you know, like, this was going to be a weird year anyway. We knew that. Everybody knew that. You knew that when they signed fucking Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, and JaVale McGee. It's a weird year. It's yeah, and be a weird year. I reacted in a way that made it seem like I was going to disagree with you, but actually looking back in the – I do agree with you for this reason. I agree because, as we stated in the beginning of our you know preseason predictions, the team that you see right now is not the team that you will see post-trade deadline. Like, it's just not going to happen. Somebody's no. going to end up in L.A. They cannot continue this season – with JaVale McGee being really the only center that they have, you know, like, and now with all this shit that went down at, at, you know, with the, the Lakers Rockets fight, like they've got Kuzma slotted in there. Lonzo is now starting at the point. We'll see if that continues, but like JaVale is pretty much the only center on the roster. Like LeBron is playing minutes at the five. They've got Kyle Kuzma basically backing up JaVale McGee and they are getting destroyed on the boards. Just absolutely destroyed. Yeah, they have no they have zero rebounding presence. Um their interior defense is super weak. Um, yeah, and their lineups are weird too. Like I I mean, I I get it that KCP is LeBron's boy, but like you've gotta start Josh Hart. Like why why is Josh Hart not getting more meaningful minutes on this roster? Like I don't understand why he is not slotted in at the two. He does everything better than KCP. He defends better, he shoots better, like he distributes the ball better, he can handle the ball better, he does everything better than KCP. And it just it just shocks me that they like honestly, and same thing with like Lonzo, like how has Lonzo not taken over the, the starting point guard role? Like Lonzo's gotten off to a pretty decent start from three specifically, which is a thing last year where we're like, he's not really good shooting so on and so forth, but he's actually gotten off to a pretty solid start this season. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, there, it's just, there's a lot of weird parts and it, it, it's just like this kind of thing where like, I just like, I, I I think they'll figure it out. I think Luke Walton is a is a is a, a decent coach. I think the jury's still on whether he's not a uh, whether or not he's a, a, a truly good coach. Agreed. Um, but I think he's a decent coach, and I you know LeBron obviously elevates the play of those who play around him. Right, and let's not forget um, that like last year the Cavs got off to a really fucking bad start, and then they end up winning the East. Some of the Heat teams thrilled out of the gate when LeBron and D Wade were down there. Right. You know, it's like, gonna happen. Like I said, this team is not gonna be the same. Like LeBron will not let this team be bad. Um, I think that like most teams, they're still getting their 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 lineups figured out. Um 
I think ultimately like Lonzo, who's shooting 41% from three right now, um, is going to start getting more meaningful minutes and is really going to start impacting this team in a way like he did last year. Um, but now with a, a revitalized jump shot, um, I, I think I, Kyle Kuzma's had a weird season. Like he hasn't really been the same sort of impactful, impactful player that he has last year or that he had last year. He's, his shooting is off this year in comparison to last year. Um, Born Ready is I, – I, look, I love Lance for, for, for who he is and what he is, but good God, man, he is a net negative like every single time he hits the floor. Like the one thing about Lance is if he's on your team, the few times where he does something good, you fucking love that guy. It's yep. so hard not to yep. love him. Couldn't agree but, more it's also like so easy to get beyond frustrated with him. Like he is, he is. And I think Luke Walton just let him come in this year. And he was just like, look, do your fucking thing. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to look, I'm not going to watch. I just want to see what you do. Just do your thing. And they're letting right. him just kind of like have free reign, which maybe it'll rain itself in before the season's over. But man, it's, he's, he stresses me out. <laughs> he really, really does. No, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I saw somebody tweeted uh, that, like, for five minutes uh, every game, uh, Lance Stevenson uh, plays like a superstar. You never know when those five minutes are going to come. <laughs> right, right. But for five minutes every game, uh, you get superstar Lance. And it, it's true. I mean, it, you, you do. And it's, it's actually it's, – it's fucking – I mean, it's legitimately fucking mind-boggling. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. Um, so, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my number three team. Because I'm interested to see if you agree with me. Um, my number three team is Philadelphia. Mm. So we've got Philly, Minnesota, and OKC left. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, it's hard uh, with the last three teams. Like, I just feel like while here's my thing with Philly, and, and we talked about this in the, in the preseason, they didn't add anything. They didn't add anything. And they are now relying very heavily on Marco Fultz and some of these other role players like TJ McConnell and Robert Covington, who last year, you know, were serviceable. And granted, they're at 500 right now, they're three and three, but like they're 18th in offensive, you know, points per game. Um, wait, is that right? I don't know how to get the stat wrong. Um, opponents <laughs> per game. My bad. You're reading it right in front of me. I know, opponents point per game. So right now, like their defense hasn't been great. Their scoring, frankly, hasn't been good. They're they're fifteenth in scoring, eighteenth in opponents' points per game, um, and it's just they're kind of just like a happy medium, okay, good, not great team. Um, and that's the one thing where it's like, okay, this will this ship will write itself, but at the same time, it's just like, mm, will it? I don't know. I, I don't know. They they're they're like I said before with um, who was it? Oh, with the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks are better than them. I. I actually think the Bucks are I better than the Sixers. I do too. And, and I did not think I, that when the season started. No, me neither. Um, there's a lot of guys. Like I, I'm, I like. I, I, look, we're six games in. You know, like I don't want to get. I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. Sure. Um, but like I, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm. I said it when we made our predictions. Like I'm really expecting T.J. McConnell and Dario Saric and um, uh, Robert Covington to like make make jumps, like make strides in these second seasons. And like, I haven't seen it. In fact, like TJ McConnell and Dario Sarge, I like feel like to some degree look like they've regressed a little bit. Like they right. don't look um, as good. Sarge can't shoot for shit. Good God. 
Um, and TJ McConnell looks like he's not playing with any confidence. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's because he struggled early and, like, you know, got to get out of that little, weird little funky thing. But, like, yeah, I, I like – it's it's weird. I like they're they're a weird team. They have kind of a weird team composition. Um in that like I don't know. Like they they, they don't like they they lack I, their shooting isn't great. Their spacing is not good. Uh Ben Simmons is obviously a fucking very talented player, but like to some degree he it hurts you to have a guy like Ben Simmons play with a guy like Joel Embiid who like needs the paint and right. but like Ben Simmons needs space to get to the rim because he can't shoot for shit like it, it's just I don't know they're weird they're good they're obviously very good um but they are not I I expected them to be better and again like I said six games in, but like I I don't know I'm I'm disappointed with the results so far yeah and like it feels like a type of team that we're overreacting and in a couple months like Elden Brand will pick up a couple guys that will like kind of shore up their their shooting problems and some of the other problems that they have. But like looking at their stats, like any of the advanced metrics that you look at, like offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, uh, true shooting percentage, like they're legitimately in the fucking middle of the NBA in all those categories. Like if if you filter by any of them, they're anywhere between thirteen to twenty in all those categories. So it's just like right now they're just kind of a tweener team. Seems like they're figuring shit out. I just I didn't love their off season. So it'll be interesting to see if they make any moves or if they move yeah. Markel Fultz out of the starting lineup. They didn't really they didn't really do anything. They didn't do shit. They got Wilson Chandler. That was it. Yeah, that's it. Um it was bad. Um who's your number four? Hold on. I just want to say this. They are struggling. Oh boy. Is balling. Oh stop. He's killing it, brother. I'm like he, this. he is averaging, uh, I believe, seventeen point three a night. Let me. I just want to double check this. I'm, I'm, Listen, you know, I love JJ Redick. Pretty sure. I oh, do. I'm sorry. Right now, he's averaging uh, twenty point two, uh, twenty point two points a game. Uh, yeah. So your boy's killing it. Uh, yeah. I don't have any problems with him. I love him. I, I didn't. Oh, I, like I didn't say. I didn't say you got a problem with him. I just want. I just want the people to know that he is a G. Way to go, Don't JJ! Go you just you've got everything, buddy. You got a hot wife. You got a cool podcast. You play in the in on the East Coast. You got cute. You have kids. this one weird guy in fucking Chicago, Illinois, that loves you more than anything in this entire world. I mean, probably that's probably more nice, than man. one. Probably more than one. I, would, uh, I, would I, I went to uh, I went to a Timberwolves Magic game uh, when he was still playing in Orlando. Uh, this was back in like 2009, mm. and uh, I was going up. Uh, I was going to like find my seat and. Uh, these guys are behind me and they're like, dude, hopefully there's some uh, seats open behind the magic bench so I can go sit behind JJ and make out with him. And I'm like, brother, <laughs> I fucking feel you, dude. I'm like, we are <laughs> not about to get there first. <laughs> kindred spirits, dude. Like, I'm here for it, man. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, oh, it is a weird thing. Boy. The people that love him really love him. Some like, variation of that's going to be the title of the episode. I mean, I'm here for that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think at this point it's probably um, pretty obvious that um, I mean you don't really have a like like the, the fucking the Timberwolves are five like that thing is fucking dysfunctional. But like so number four is Oklahoma City. I am concerned about them, and I said at the beginning of the year Russell Westbrook is the problem. See, here's the thing. They're oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, let me let me let me let me say one other thing too. Uh, their bench and their depth uh, has not been as deep as it should be. Agreed. But they do not play as well. Like when when he was not playing, like they 
looked better. Like they were more in sync. Ball movement was better. Uh, rotations were better. Uh, like he, he sort of kills any like kind of rhythm that they get into, if that makes sense. Like, do you, yeah. do you, do you I mean, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And here's the thing, like they are, and one of the things that you don't expect a Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook led team. Fuck me. You don't expect that team. He doesn't define efficiency is what I'm trying to say. And they are by far the worst offensively efficient team in the NBA. I mean, last in offensive efficiency, last in true shooting percentage and in, and last in effective field goal percentage. Like they are so, so terrible on the offensive end. And it's surprising when you have a guy like Russ and like, and like PG where like, those shouldn't be the issues, but they together are incredibly inefficient. And once again, like defensively, dude, I, we, I said this last year and, and people are saying it again this year and it, the, the results are showing like, why is Andre Robeson so valuable to them? Like, I, I, I don't, don't understand. Know. I don't understand. He's so valuable to them on the defensive end. Like they don't do shit. They're, they're really bad on the offensive end though. Like almost near, near the end, near the back of the NBA and assist per game, uh, basically the worst team in the NBA on offense. Um, not the last team in points per game, but 28th currently. Um, I think that ship will write itself, but I completely agree that like the offseason signings that we all got excited about thus far, like Dennis Schroeder has been pretty, pretty decent, not great, but decent. Um, he's been fine, you know, and he had to play a lot early when Russell Westbrook started the season off um, unhealthy, but yeah, it's just, it's been a really offensively. They have been uh, questionable to say the least. And you would, you, you would have thought that by losing mellow, you kind of open up that offense and thus far, it just hasn't looked that way. It's just been, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's, they've, they've been bad. They've, they've been really bad. They don't have a lot of shooting once again. Like, and this is the other thing too, that just like drives my fucking, like it drives me nuts. Any other GM would know, like, why do you keep bringing in these like journeyman guys and like these athletic freaks when you already have the most athletic freak, like, right? Bring in fucking shooters. Like, why do you why, don't draft Hamdi Diallo when he is an unproven nineteen-year-old? Right. Like, right. don't bring in fucking Jeremy. Get a, get a get a get a junior, uh, get a junior, get a senior guard who is a three-point shooter. Right, like, like, yo, that kid from Kansas was they, up for grabs, and now the right. Lakers have him. Yeah, I'm with you here. I couldn't agree more. Um, with I that being said, wanted- though, they did sign Patrick Patterson, who was a really good in Toronto and has been so bad for them. Abysmal. Abysmal. He looks terrible. Um, he, yeah, it's, uh, I, it, it, like his game just seems to have like fallen off the cliff. I like, I don't understand. Um, I also wanted to say this. Uh, I, their offense has been, dare I say, offensive. Oh God. I, <laughs> I, I kind of want to stop the podcast now. That was bad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. I just had to throw that out there because I knew that would be your reaction. Um, As a friend, yeah. I'm going to put that on the list of potential uh, episode names, but I'm going to let you know right now that I'm not going to pick it. That's, I, you know what? I appreciate that. Their offense I do. is I do. offensive. Okay. Um, okay, so I have a hot take. Um, it's a hot take. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. And um, I, I kind of had this thought the other day, and I toyed around with it, and – I was going to bring it up to you at work the other day and uh, decided not to. Um, 
because I, I hadn't decided if I, if I, if I was buying into this yet. And I, I think I've gotten myself to this point. Russell Westbrook is in like five years, we're going to start looking at him the way that we have started to objectively look at Carmelo Anthony and realize that he's not as good uh, as like we, we, we believed him to be. Um, now, what I mean by that is he's obviously a talented player, um, but he does nothing to elevate the play of his teammates. And he um, like kind of does things his own way and uh, to the detriment of his team. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of seen him as like the current day Allen Iverson. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great Allen Iverson, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated players ever played a game, but like, I don't, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, like, I I don't, I don't disagree with that. In a lot of ways, he's, he was, his numbers were gaudy, but like, 40% shooter. Yeah. 40% from the floor. You really have like a meaningful impact on success and for a larger part of, part of his career was more of a detriment to his team than he was like a value add. People like, liked him because he was flash. Russ, he was a little flash and no substance. Right. And like if Russ had like Russ honestly at this rate only needs like one of those types of seasons, like the two thousand one Sixer season, like he only needs that to like really separate himself in the narrative of who he is and to get away from the like all I care about is numbers. But I just don't see it happening. I don't I don't think he can, I don't think he's capable of it. I, just, I mean I don't think he's, so he's gonna be thirty. He's gonna be thirty. Like you can't teach an old dog doing tricks. That's it. That's it over. I saw a thing um about him on uh on the nba reddit um which i you know i like and hate simultaneously um but um they do sometimes guys like there there are guys that will post these long like um po- like breakdowns of stuff and it was literally uh like uh like westbrook's like passing percentage and that kind of thing and like um like after he would get like his 10th assist mm-hmm. and like how like his propensity for moving the ball as soon as he hit that 10th assist would fucking plummet. Like he stat hunts. I really think he stat hunts. Oh yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. And like, I, you know, I'm not, I don't like that. I, I hate it in, in yeah. all honesty. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I think uh, that we are going to look back at his career and we're going to feel the same way like we do about Carmelo. Um, and like right. we do about Allen Iverson, although like to some people, the way that we were just talking about Allen Iverson would be considered blasphemy. And, uh, sure. and people know, would say that about Russ today. That's true. Yeah. There are people that, that really truly, uh, love Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, um, so I think the last team that we both have here, and, uh, it's kind of a good segue because they were again, uh, in the news recently and have been really for most of the off season, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, I think are both of our teams that we are the most concerned about. Um, what makes most sense to start here? Does it make sense to talk about the trade first or should we just talk about Minnesota as they currently stand? We just talk, dude, that t- it's their dumpster fire. I mean, what the fuck else do you want to say about them? Like, uh, you got, bad, cat, you got cat shooting 30 footers. Um, he's fucking soft as hell. He's he like, looks bad. He looks really he, really bad. Like he looks bad. Sixteen and nine so far. Like he he's got a fifteen point nine per. Is I, I don't know. He just my thing he is like so he, clearly he does not give a shit. Well, he, he just doesn't want to play with Jimmy. He's just like he's, he's fucking. He's really really unhappy. He's a mental midget. He's mentally fucking soft. He is. Yep. That being said, um, really happy to see Derrick Rose contributing again. <laughs> like, I know they suck, but it makes me so happy to see him contributing. Like, Dude, 14, I, 14.8 points per game, 
you know, 28 minutes per game. Like he's, he's doing his thing, man. It's just- if there is one thing that people can respect in this world, it is uh, Chicagoans uh, love for Derrick Rose. They're 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 but what is what is funny about it is there was the time where everybody kind of, like people were like questioning him because like his like time he took back from like coming back from his injuries and that kind of thing. Water uh, and then yeah, but here's the thing and then everybody like all you got all y'all pretended like that wasn't a thing. I don't know what you're talking like about. you all were like oh no we loved him the whole time. I'm like y'all lying. You all like shit talked him and hated him. And now you're all bad. But I, I will say this. I do respect the fact that every Chicago Bulls fan uh, still supports Jimmy. They support, hell, they supported him when he was Cleveland or not Jimmy, sorry. Uh, Derek Rose. Yeah. Support him when he was Cleveland. They support him in Minnesota. And I, you know, I think it is really nice um, because I can relate to it as a ardent JJ Reddick supporter who follows him and roots for him on no matter what team he plays for. I get it. I totally get it. And I think it's really nice because uh, Derek Rose gave uh, the city of Chicago its best basketball moment since MJ. Um, so I do really appreciate the love that, that they give him. Um, it's unfortunate the way that his you know, career has, has ended up. Um, but I, I am happy for him that he still gets to go out every night and play and compete. And like, you know, he clearly um, loves the game, but like uh, outside of uh, Derek Rose, like Derek Rose and like Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler are like the bright spots of that team, which is funny. Cause it's like the 2011 bulls all over again. I know. Um, Dude, Cat is soft. He's mentally soft. He he does not look good. Um, so, he takes questionable shots. And then you got Andrew Wiggins, who looks like he could not give less of a fuck while he's on the floor. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Like, and we've talked about Minnesota a lot just because of how much they've been in the news. But uh, the other night when we were supposed to record, <laughs> uh, news came out that the Houston Rockets were back in the trade market for a one Jimmy Butler and offered four count them four first round picks. Um, from what I read, seems like they're unprotected, and also maybe the contract for Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight to make the money work. Um, Tad, what say you? You are Minnesota. Pull the fuck Jimmy's not trigger. happy. What do you do? Pull doing? the trigger. Pull I the trigger. agree. I agree. And here's why: Cat is what twenty one, and Wiggins is twenty two. Um, this season is a bust. You guys have not figured it out. They're gonna fire Tibbs. You potentially have. Four first-round picks, the first two of which probably won't be very good, but, like, that window for the Rockets is closing, and who knows how bad they're going to be once they blow that shit up. Couldn't agree more, dude. Really good chance of having some really, really good picks. You know what? Here's the other thing, too. Uh, Like, picks, you flip them for expiring contracts. You can – having that many first-round draft picks – Exactly. That's ammo. Flexibility. (coughs) Couldn't agree more. Like, look at, like – Look at the look at how good the Celtics are right now, and it's literally because Danny Ainge just stockpiled assets, yeah, and then uh, and then people will be like, "Oh, well, he didn't do anything with them," and then all of a sudden he just unloads everything and fucking look at that team now. Right, like four fucking first round picks is a lot of fucking capital. Oh yeah, like, and and as much as I'm not like as much as I'm not on the like let's give Cat what he wants train because like the boys are fucking softy. He's clearly not playing well because they signed him to an extension telling him like he he was basically like yo i'm not signing this extension until this motherfucker's out of here and they're like oh don't worry he's gonna be out of here before the off season is over so he's signing extension and now he's still here and he's like yo fuck you guys man you guys said he wasn't gonna be here he's still fucking here i fucking hate this guy get him out of here um so while i'm not into the idea of like giving in to this little crybaby um 
he's a freak, man. Like he is a freak. He is the most talented player on that team. And if they get Jimmy out of there and get these types of assets, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could take these assets and to your point, like rebuild really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, like first, first round picks. Like, I mean, even if you don't slip them for something like late first rounders, still net you good players. Like you may not, you're not probably going to get an all-star. You do sometimes. Um, But like, you know, you get a solid role player, a guy that like can contribute. Like, I don't know. To me, it's a no brainer. You know, you got to fix the fucking situation. And you're, I think you're hundred percent right in that. Like they straight up told him, yo, we'll get rid of Jimmy. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And then they didn't. And that's now why, you know, things are the way they are. But either way, uh, that franchise uh, is and and continues, has been and continues to be a, just fucking train wreck. Yeah. Um, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I agree. Uh, we got two more topics and then we'll wrap things up today. It's definitely been a longer episode, but we uh, we're late. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, this one's more of a selfish topic for me, uh, but I had to bring it up because my boy, Zach Levine opened up the season with four straight 30 point games. He is currently fifth in scoring in the NBA. And uh, boy, he is really, he's really off to a hot start. His defense is still absolute uh, trash. Oh, it's, it's atrocious. It's so bad. And the Bulls defense is equally, equally bad. Um, but that being said, hey, my guy's off to a good start this season. And I had to ask you, Tad, is this Zach Levine's coming out party? Is he going to be an all-star this year? Is this who we should expect him to be moving forward? I like him a lot. I always have. And I am going to say yes. Uh, his defense is atrocious. We so bad. covered that. I'm so, gonna, so I'm bad. Not, I don't, I'm not going to beat the dead horse um, by continuing to say that he's an absolute defensive liability. He's, bad, he's about as good as a turnstile. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say those things. Right. No, of course not. We wouldn't <laughs> want that. This is not that type of podcast. Um, but offensively, he's a good player. Um, I wish he, I wish he passed. I, I wish his passing was a little better. Um, but he's, he is really, he's I don't more, want him to pass at all on this team. I want him to take all the shots. He's more of a combo guard anyway. Um, well, I'm just saying that from like a, like as you, as they, as they start to, you know, kind of develop the team more and like, and like bring in more, you know, quality players, like, you know, if he's going to be your point guard, like I wish he was a better passer. Sure. Um, and with, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a good passer, not a great passer. They tried that point guard experiment in Minnesota. It didn't work. Like he's better at like, being a high volume score and yeah. like people forget his last healthy season in Minnesota. He shot like 39% from three and he's currently shooting about 40% from three this yeah, year. I was going to say his shooting looks really good. Um, it looks improved. Uh, his mechanics actually look better. Weirdly clean, enough, dude. Uh, so yes. Clean. His that is, is so clean. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, like it, it's, he looks good. Um, I I I'm, I watched the bowl as, as for somebody who like doesn't really care for that many play like I shouldn't say that, uh, but what I, what I was gonna say is for somebody who doesn't care for that many players in the Bulls like there's not a ton of guys on the team that really excite me I mean I think that I mean that's pretty understandable I think um, I still for some reason watch them a lot I think it's just because I live here and so like I turn sure. them on on you know. Um, CSN and stuff or WGN or you know where the fuck the channel are on here right and. Uh, I like I'm 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 impressed. Yeah, I think I think Zach Levine is a twenty, like a twenty-five and five. Like not twenty-five, like twenty-five and five. I, I got it. I'm just trying to clarify. Uh, just wanted to you know, just want to clarify. I think that's like I think he's that kind of player, and I, I like I think we see that this season. I think like that's I think those are the kind of numbers he puts up. Uh, he might actually score more points than that. 
Um, but I'm, I'm impressed. I like what he's doing. I wish he'd play better defense. I wish he'd pass the ball a little bit better. But, yes, I am fully on board with the Zach Levine uh, coming out party. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, it's been fun to watch him play. Like, they, they fucking suck. But um, at, least there's, at least there's a bright spot. Um, last topic that I wanted to bring up today, and then we'll, we'll wrap up because this has definitely been one of our longer podcasts. Um, Tad, NBA teams are currently averaging 113 points per game this season. Even the worst teams in the NBA are uh, plus 100 in points per game. Um, so the questions I have for you are, uh, is defense dead in the NBA? I know Draymond and Jabari Parker said that over the offseason. Um, but is it dead? And if it is, is this good for the NBA? We see it every – this happens every so often, and this is the conversation that always comes up, and it's the shit that my dad says, well, they don't play any defense in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Okay, dad. That was a good – that was a good your dad impression. Um, he listens to this podcast now. So, like, <laughs> sorry, dad. Um, you know, but having said that, um, this, this happens it, – it goes in this weird cycle, and it happens – it's about, like, every, like, eight years. Uh, what happens is defensive schemes become outdated and uh, the coaching, like they figure out how to like offenses figure out how to beat that, like the, the current defensive systems. And then it takes about two years for defense, like, you know, coaches to come up with like new defensive schemes and like ways to, um, you know, defend like newer, like modernized offenses and that kind of thing. And then we see it regress again. It happens all the time. Like if you look on basketball reference, like, and you look at the numbers by year, it's like it's like a trend. It's incredible the way that this works. So no defense is not dead. It's just suffering right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I no, I don't think defense is dead. And uh, I can certainly say with a lot of conviction that uh, defense being dead is not good for the NBA because the early two thousands were like a cool time in the NBA, but they also kind of sucked. Like I remember right. watching like Kings Mavericks games. It would be like one hundred and thirty to like one hundred and thirty six. Like that, like that's kind of dope because like right. guys are just like balling out, but it also is like really just poor basketball. So not good for the NBA. It'll the trend will even out, and uh, you know, t- coaches will figure out how to start scheming for like things that people are doing now. Um, but so no, I don't think defense is good. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird thing where it's just like scoring is fun, but scoring being the thing that gets people into the NBA is the type of thing that you need when the NBA is down, which is yes. exactly the situation that was happening in the early 2000s where it's just yes. like, okay, we just, lost, we just lost Michael Jordan. We just lost all these marketable stars. Kind of had the thuggish uh, reputation thing going on. For right. Them. There was all this shit happening where, where we, needed, we needed something to take our attention away from the fact that the product on the court really wasn't that great. Um, but the reality is it's like, this is not the situation. This is not the early 2000s. This is, this is, this is an NBA where almost every team has a, a, a star. Like every yeah. team basically has a star for the most part um, or a, a burgeoning star. And it would be nice to see while scoring is fun. It would be nice to see some competitive basketball. Now that's not saying that they're not competitive basketball, but there's like a lot of blowouts. Well, there's definitely a lot of blowouts, and there's also a lot of, like, 120 to 115 games, which is crazy to think about. Now, any mathematician will tell you that because the uptick in three-point shooting in general, like, it's inevitable that this is going to happen. Like, math, (laughs) you were to look at trends in the NBA, as three-point shooting numbers go up, it's only inevitable that three-point percentages will go up as three-point shooters get better, and as three-point shooters are hitting more three-point shots, then the points per game will go up. So it's natural progression, but it's just, it's the blowouts 
that are making it um, alarming and are making it like, if you have a team that goes like fucking zero for 27, like Houston did in the playoffs last year, now you're going to see like a fucking 120 to 86 game because they're missing all their shots. Right. So there's, there's pros and cons to this. Cause I think like there is, there is a level of excitement when both you and the other team um, are, are scoring in high numbers. But like, let's also remember like when you go to a basketball game, like let's say for example, you go to a bulls game, it used to be fun for a team to score 100 points because you get a Big Mac. Not everybody scores 100 points. <laughs> like, right. Like right. now, they're going to have to change all the fucking promotional stuff to say, like, can we hold them below 100 points? Then you get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Right. Like, that's, that's <laughs> what we are now in the NBA, man. Like, promote, this is affecting marketing materials. Like, this is bad for business. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, like, it, it, there's, there's I, pros I, and cons to this shit. Like, it was an inevit- inevitable change, but it's just it's fascinating. 113 points per game average for the nba is fucking crazy it's a lot i mean there's a lot and i mean like the thing is here's the thing like i can confidently say uh the product is good right now though um a lot of marketable players marketable stars uh, a lot of good teams um yeah does it kind of hurt like I don't think that the Warriors hurt basketball as much as people want to say that they do. I think just because like, I think people say that they have a tendency to say that a lot because they hate the Warriors. Um, the product is good right now. I'm with you a hundred percent. So I, I, they'll figure it out. I don't think it's going to be super detrimental. I don't like, I just, I don't foresee uh, like the early 2000s thing happening again. Like I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not anticipating 130 to 132 point games, you know, like I, I just don't see that happening. Um, right. I think it's going to be fine. I'm going to, I'll still watch it. I fucking watched it in the early two thousands. I'll still, I watch it now. I, I'm not going to quit watching it. So it doesn't matter to me, but like, I do agree with you that like for the casual fan, um, seeing like boat race games is just not fun. I agree. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up today, sir? Um, did we talk about how JJ Reddick's averaging 20.2 points a game? Okay, and time to plug in. <laughs> uh, make sure you follow at MBA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure you give the podcast five stars in your uh, ratings and give us a nice review. Tell us what you think if you're liking the podcast. If you're not, lock- if you're not liking the podcast, um, I did see a one star rating the other day and it did make me kind of mad. I got a little hurt inside my heart the other day. If you hate it, it's cool, but like, don't be a jackass. Like, is it is it really a one? Is it really the worst podcast in iTunes? Um, maybe. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can follow me at J underscore Keyless on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, make sure and check us out. Like, again, sorry we're late this week, but uh, we'll continue to do stuff. Uh, Tad, where can, where can the people find you? Dude, you can follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Um, also, um, I, I, look, I get it. You guys don't really like me. I'm sure that was the reason for the one-star rating. But like, I, mean, I wasn't come on. there until you got here. Buddy. Help! That's what I'm saying. Help Jay out here. You know, come on, don't don't do that to Jay. Think think about Jay. He's got a family to feed or something. I don't know. I have a cat. Um, he does. Jay has a cat. There we go. See, that's it. Um, Jay does not have a family. He just has a kitten and Amber. Hi, Amber. I don't know if you listen to this. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Lauren listens, so, you know. Hey, Lauren. Um, but, yes, you can follow me on Twitter, at Tattle underscore. Stop giving us one-star reviews and, and just give us five-star reviews, please. Um, even if you don't listen, just give us five-star review. Be a nice guy. You know? Yeah, just, like, dude, just, like, close your eyes and just, like, kind of pick a star rating. And if it's a one, try it again. Um, all right, well, uh, this has been NBA for Tad, for Jay. We're For out. Nikki, R.I.P. We're out. Oh, he's not dead. Bye, Nikki. Well, R.I.P. He's you know like uh, he's, uh, M.I.A. 
There we go. That's, that's what I meant. MIA. Jesus Christ. R.I.P. Yep. Good God. Really, All right. Really solid end of the podcast. All right. For Tad, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out. Later.